Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Anticipating the Steelers Hall of Honor Class of 22 announcement coming up here in just moments. Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes, it is the Steelers Blitz here on Steelers Nation Radio. We will turn things over to Stan Savern here in just a few moments for your Hall of Honor Class of 2022 announcement. And then we will be back to react to the class that will be announced here in just a moment. Silly question. I was about to say, are they going to reveal them on the field here? Uh, you know what? That's a good question. I just in saw the, this camera and just made me think. Of so, it. I was like, is that what they're doing? So so obviously 2019 was the last Wait. time that we were all out here. And they did over um, – I forget what the building's called. The Rogers Center. Okay, I believe yeah, yeah, over yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. They, did a, they did a live thing over at the Rogers Center. I'm not sure what's happening this time around. Okay. But I do know we were, we'll have the announcement here. And Motsi and I will – you know, when we return, we'll detail anything that's, that's happening for you guys here live on location at the campus yeah. of St. Vincent College. Uh, it could be former players. It could be former coaches and contributors as well, too. Remember, you must have been retired for at least three seasons. All right? So you're not getting Ben Roethlisberger and, in, in, in just yet. Played, you had to have played for three seasons Played well. for the Steelers for at least three years. That's it, the, yeah. Remember the Kevin Green mm-hmm. rule that we, that we call it. And you yeah. have to be retired for at least mm-hmm. – Three years. So uh, so no Ben Roethlisberger just yet, uh, but uh, we will uh, have the announcement for you here in just a minute. A reminder, last year's class, 2021 class, was Louis Lips, wide receiver, Carnell Lake, safety and corner, John Kolb, left tackle, and, of course, our brother, Tunchokin, offensive tackle and longtime Steelers broadcaster, missing Tunch out here in Latrobe, missing his face and seeing him walking around all the time and greeting everybody. And uh, I tell you what, I mean, you think we'd get a crowd up here. I don't oh, no, Tunch the man. We Tunch, Tunch, Tunch and Wolf. Man, I, and I tell you what, they, they hold court up here, baby. Um, so that was last year's class, four guys getting in last year. We'll see what the number is this year because it's 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 been different throughout all the years, right? 2017 was, uh, was the first Steelers Hall of Honor class, and that was a massive one. One um, that had a lot of Super Bowl champions and a lot of Hall of Famers in there. And ever since 2017, it's been scaled back a little bit to where they'll just do a few people every single year. Like we said, they they like to have the different eras represented. Um, they like to have just you know former players, former coaches, former contributors. Um, and so it, it it's always a, a fun announcement, fun day here. And uh, and we'll see. 
uh, as we get going here and roll along and hand things off to Stan Saverin. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, August of 2017. There it is. I was looking here on the website. Is is when the Hall of Honor uh, was 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 opened, was created yeah. by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we are waiting. What will be the 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, the sixth? Ah, you like okay, the quick, okay. quick math I did there, right? Hey man, W, let's go, man. The sixth uh, Steelers Hall of Honor class um, that Stan Saverin is going to bring to us here. In just this is a cool a concept. I'm glad that, they, that the Steelers did that, man. Me too. Because it, we, we talk about how at times we feel like certain players should be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but we do know that they're going to have to wait a little bit longer, et cetera, because of Steelers bias, right? Too many of them in or not enough, right? One or the other. But this gives us just another way to give those guys their flowers, to give those guys yeah. their accolades and their appreciation for what they did on the field regardless of – the feeling of it being too many from one team in the hole. Mm. So, I think that's well said. Uh, Zachary, yep, it looks like we're ready to go. Here's Stan Saverin and Mr. Rooney with the Hall of Honor Class of 2022 announcement. Class of the year 2022. I'm Stan Saverin. And just like the Steelers have returned home, if you will, to St. Vincent College, indeed we have as well as we are streaming live from the Fred Rogers Center on the campus of St. Vincent College. Just to give you an idea of what the process that leads us to today's announcement, the Hall of Honor Selection Committee, of which I'm a member, generally meets in May to begin the process of going through an incredible amount of incredibly talented and deserving individuals. The list is very long, and we also are great to have your input to the list as well. We all make our individual list. We wait about a month, meet once again, and whittle it down to our final list. And after that, we vote. Now, the discussion is lively. Sometimes it borders on argumentative, but it's always friendly with the idea of coming up with the best possible class that we possibly can. It's almost impossible not to, because we have so many incredibly talented and deserving individuals. And so with that in mind, it's my pleasure and I'm proud to introduce to you the Steelers Hall of Honor class of 2022. Since being founded in 1933, the Pittsburgh Steelers have become one of the National Football League storied franchises. A tradition built by some of professional football's greatest players. The memorable plays they made. It's cut out of the air by Franco Harris. And the championships they won. And it's a touchdown for Pittsburgh on the ball of the Stalwarts. In 2017, to honor and recognize its greatest legends, the Steelers organization created the Hall of Honor. To be a member of the Hall of Honor is to be a permanent part of Steelers history and to belong to a brotherhood that helped establish the team's successes over the last 89 seasons. One of the great things about this Hall of Honor is that you're going in with guys that you know, guys that you accomplished a lot with, so this is something special. For players to be considered for induction, they must have played for the team for a minimum of three seasons, compile noteworthy records or achievements during those seasons, and be retired for at least three seasons. 
Coaches and administrators are considered based on significant contributions to the team and community. To say that you were one of the greatest to ever wear the, the black and gold, that means a lot to me. I want to thank all the men in this room that are being inducted with me because they set a standard for every player that came after them. The expectation was that you had to raise your level to meet that standard. To date, 45 former players, coaches, and contributors have been awarded the steel football that comes with induction into the Hall of Honor. And now, we announce the four members of the class of 2022. This year's class includes Ray Matthews. Matthews was a McKeesport High School product drafted by the Steelers in the seventh round of the 1951 draft. Early in his career, Matthews was an explosive all-purpose threat at halfback. He finished top 10 in the NFL in scrimmage yards three times over his career in 1952, 1954, and 1955. He also earned Pro Bowl nods after the 1952 and 55 seasons. Matthews made the move to receiver in 1956 and led the team in receiving yards. He finished his Steelers career with 4,976 total yards and 39 touchdowns. Also to be inducted is a staple along the offensive line of the 1970s. Sam Davis went undrafted in 1967, but worked his way into a starting role during Chuck Knoll's second season. From then on, Davis was a mainstay along the offensive front, starting 114 games and was a team captain for the better half of a decade. He helped open holes for fellow Hall of Honor inductees Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer and kept pass rushers off Terry Bradshaw. He was a four-time Super Bowl champion, including an impressive performance against Hall of Famer Randy White in Super Bowl XIII. In 1982, Davis was voted a member of the Steelers' 50th anniversary team. Next is a player that needs little introduction. Arguably the greatest tight end in Steelers history, Heath Miller's calling card was his quiet demeanor, yet on the field, his play spoke volumes. During his rookie season, Miller was an integral part of the Steelers' Super Bowl 40 run, catching six touchdown passes, finishing tied for second in offensive rookie of the year voting. Miller was Ben Roethlisberger's comfort blanket for his entire 11-year career and finished top five in receptions, yards, and touchdowns in Steelers history, all of which are the most by a tight end. The two-time Pro Bowler and Super Bowl champ was a fan favorite, and the chance of heat still echo through Acrisure Stadium today. The final member of the class was an unparalleled inventor of phrases. Play that saxophone, Bobby! And Tows. The terrible powers poised to strike, so are the Steelers. A proud Pittsburgh native, Myron Cope started his career in journalism writing for publications such as the Post-Gazette and Sports Illustrated. The award-winning Cope was paired with Jack Fleming in 1970 on the Steelers radio team a duo that would go on to call immaculate moments and an unprecedented dynasty. That's two sensational catches in this ball game by a leaping Lynn Swan. In 1975, 
Cope called upon his fans to bring black and gold towels to support the team during their playoff run. The terrible towel was born. And the towel is out. Feel the power, Myron. Oh, I can feel that power. Now, it is the symbol of Steelers Nation, entrenched in fans at birth. His colorful catchphrases and lively persona captured the minds and hearts of fans long after his 35 years in the broadcast booth. True as it is. These four men have represented what it means to wear the black and gold. Four men of steel added to the Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Honor. That's the one thing about the selection committee. We can't go wrong. Uh, we like to put in 300 every year if we can. It's my pleasure, and we'll introduce our entire panel to welcome in the president of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney. Art, before we talk about this particular class, what is the process like for you and the process like as we select members each year? Well, Stan, as you know, it's, it's always a difficult selection process, uh, eliminating guys who deserve to get in and... You know, as we know, we, we sit there with a list of sometimes 20 or 25 names and trying to whittle it, whittle it down to four or five people is, is tough. Uh, but uh, again, I think we came up with a great class and excited about it. You know, it goes from uh, somebody who played in the 50s all the way to the Heath who played recently and Myron who spanned decades. So uh, it's exciting to see these guys go in. It is. It absolutely is. All deserving, and there's so many more. Be patient. We'll get to them eventually, uh, we certainly hope. I want to introduce the rest of our panel uh, to my right and camera left. Bob Labriola is the editor of Steelers Digest. And on my far left, next to Mr. Rooney, is Bill Hillgrove, the longtime play-by-play -play voice of the Steelers on the Steelers radio network. Worked for many years with Myron Cope. Uh, the first player that we saw on the video was Ray Matthews. And Bob, I want to turn to you. You're the one who nominated him um, and had a terrific list of his accomplishments and did a great job selling the rest of us on his value and his level of deservedness to be in the Hall of Honor. Well, thanks, Stan. I mean, um, you know, as the video explained, uh, Ray Matthews, his career, it was in the 1950s. And at that era, guys had to be very versatile. I mean, you look at Ray Matthews' career stats with the Steelers. He ran the ball, he was a receiver, he returned kickoffs, punts. He even threw um, 30 or 40 passes in the course of his career too. So he was a two-time Pro Bowl guy. He led the uh, Steelers in receiving for three successive seasons. But I gotta be honest, the thing that put Ray Matthews over the top for me, you know, the Cleveland Browns were admitted to the NFL in 1950. They came over from the All-American Football Conference. So, a rivalry was born, but in the early 50s, that was a rivalry in name only. The Browns won the first eight games, and then some, some of those scores were just brutal. Uh, the Steelers finally broke through and won a game against the Browns in 1954 uh, in Pittsburgh. 55-27 was the score. Ray Matthews scored four touchdowns in that game. He got a seven-yard pass, a 78-yard pass, an eight-yard pass, and he had a three-yard run. So for someone whose um, mother was born and raised in Cleveland and Christmas time was a, kind of brutal sometimes based on the scores of those Brown Steelers games, uh, I had to champion the guy, the Steelers player who 
really was responsible in a lot of ways for that first win over the Browns. Well, in that regard, you're preaching to the choir, uh, as, uh, as you well know. Billy, uh, a little-known story about Ray Matthews. Well, uh, in the late 50s, the Steelers went down to the Western Penitentiary uh, to put on a clinic, and Ray had great speed. And so Jim Finks, the quarterback, is throwing him takeoff pattern after takeoff pattern, and one of the old-time prisoners there turned to another one and said, if I could run that fast, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy didn't have to run too much. The next gentleman is Sam Davis. Uh, Sam Davis and John Kolb, who was inducted a couple of years ago, told me that he and Sam played together so long that they would actually just grunt at one another and they'd know exactly what they were going to do on any one given play in case they had to improvise a little bit. Art, right, I thought I would turn to you, Sam Davis, um, one of the maybe lesser known people from that underrated offensive line from the 1970s. Well, Sam uh, is one of those people that really came to us as, you know, as, as an undrafted player and really developed under Chuck Knoll into uh, you know, a, a real uh, uh, foundation of that offensive line. He became a captain of the team and uh, played many, many seasons. And uh, as, as the video talked about in, in uh, Super Bowl 13, he, he manhandled Randy White. And after the game, I said to Sam, well, you really handled him. And he said, what did you expect? <laughs> <laughs> and he indeed was the leader on that offensive line. He was one of the most well-respected players on a team obviously was filled with a number of Hall of Famers. Uh, Myron Cope, I think we all would have a story. Billy, I'll begin with you because you worked alongside him uh, in the booth for so many years, and the three of us all worked together at WTAE Radio and Channel 4. Where do I start? How about Super Bowl in Detroit? And uh, Myron had retired, so we're kind of killing time, Tunch and Wolf and myself, before the game in the booth, and uh, finally one of them said, let's call Myron and talk to him, so we did. And uh, Twinch said to him, Myron, this is my first Super Bowl to broadcast. Do you have any advice? He said, yeah, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I can go back to the uh, 1995 Super Bowl in, uh, in Tempe, and uh, Cope and I didn't, weren't allowed into the booth until Wednesday of that week, and uh, we walk in the booth, and it's hermetically sealed. It's glass all the way around. And, you know, Cope loved that open front so he could sense the crowd and sense the players and everything. And uh, he was a bit upset, so he went to a league functionary and said, can you do something about that? And here I am saying, well, wait a minute. They have 300 Super Bowl priorities, and on their list, that's 301. <laughs> so we show up at the game in a cab, and we get out of the cab, at Sun Devil Stadium, and we hear a voice say, they'll let anybody in here. And we turn around, and it's Chuck Knoll. And of course, Cope went, ah, 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 ah. And so we get into the booth, and here they've taken out half the glass. My half, not his. <laughs> so about 20 minutes before we go on the air, we hear a voice in the back of the booth say, Mr. Cope is everything to your liking. And we turn around, and it's Paul Tagliabue, the commissioner of the National Football League. And I said, Cope is a heavyweight. And he certainly was. Even at that size. Uh, Art and Bob, we both, I think, all talked about this, uh, that the, the Steelers' fabric uh, runs so deep in the community. 
and, and Art, I know, and I've talked about this with your dad um, and your grandfather, that the relationship between the organization and the fan base, Western Pennsylvania, really worldwide when you stop and think about it, and Myron was a big part of that, galvanizing all those people as, as sort of a common thread. No question. Uh, Myron, uh, I think, like very few broadcasters uh, in the league, just became part of a Steelers icon. Uh, really, you know, with, with the towel, uh, you know, invented a symbol that now you see all over the world. Steelers fans all, all over the world carry it. And, uh, you know, he, he was just... Uh, he was just an amazing uh, uh, energy bringer to, to Steelers Nation. Just, just uh, fun to be around, and, and the fans just loved him. I loved how he told the story of how this towel was invented. You know, it was 1975, and, he, and the head of the station, WTAE, calls him in and says, because the Steelers were playing a home playoff game for, in the first round. And um, they said, you know, hey, Myron, we need a gym, something that, that we can energize the fans. and. Um, so Myron sat there and he said, I'm not a gimmick guy. And the guy said, well, you know, your contract's up. <laughs> at the end of this year, Pope said, I'm a gimmick guy. And so that's how they came up. That's how he eventually was motivated to come up with the terrible towel. Well, it was all motivated. Actually, uh, at that time, the Dolphins uh, had the horrible hanky, whatever it was, that they used to wave. And the guy, I work with him also at uh, WTA Radio, so we need something like that. And then Myron came up with the towel idea and the terrible part, of course, and the rest is history. And speaking of history, Larry Richard, who narrated uh, the video that you just watched, uh, talked about Heath Miller arguably being the greatest tight end in Steeler history. I don't know about the arguably part. I think it's, um, uh, it's pretty well decided at this point. Um, before we went on the air today, uh, Heath met with Pat Fryermuth, and hopefully he's the next, uh, next in line. Uh, but I, I think it, it speaks volumes that overall, and we're going to hear from Heath live here in just a couple of minutes, uh, I, I think it says volumes that even though you had guys like Jesse James, even if Jesse James would catch a pass, people would scream Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, I could have been Joe Smilbowski. They would have said Heath, uh, and now we got Muth, so we're following along. But uh, he indeed, Bob, was a generational player. Well, and Heath Miller was voted uh, Steelers MVP in 2012. And, you know, you look back at that team, um, they had Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and, uh, just on offense. And, um, you know, Heath Miller led the team in receiving. Uh, he was second in receiving yards uh, and tied for first in touchdowns. And so, you know, you look at the talent that was on that team, uh, just offensive firepower. And for Heath Miller to put together that kind of season, I remember Mike Tomlin saying to me uh, afterward that he was particularly gratified by that poll of, or that um, MVP uh, voting because he said it really thought that the, that Heath's teammates kind of stepped up and maybe in this case made it more of a lifetime achievement award for all that he did for the team, both you know on the field, the way he conducted himself, all that kind of stuff. He caught more passes in his career than he said words, actually, <laughs> when you put it all together. Uh, you're going to hear from Heath in just a, a couple of minutes. What a, uh, Art, from your perspective, you know, what a perfect model, role model, if you will, of how a Pittsburgh Steeler conducts himself. Yeah, no question, Stan. Heath uh, was, uh, first of all, a, a great teammate. You know, as Bob just said, his teammates really loved him. And, of course, the fans uh, showed their love by uh, 
the Heath call that uh, they still uh, use today. Uh, we've turned it into Muth now, so uh, it's a great tradition. But uh, you know, we were really lucky to get him. Heath had a little injury coming out of college, which uh, he, he lasted to us. I think we drafted him like 30th in the in the first round, and so. We were awfully fortunate to get him, and uh, what a great career, and great to see him coming into the hall this year. Absolutely well-deserving, as they all are. We are going to hear from Heath Miller, but of course practice will begin shortly here on the field at St. Vincent College. We want to invite you to get ready for that, <clears throat> pardon me, with Training Camp Live. Mike Prezuta standing by, Training Camp Live, presented by FedEx. Mike? This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. So there you have it, folks. Your 2022 Steelers Hall of Honor class has been announced. Great job there by Stan Saver, Mr. Rooney, Billy Hillgrove, and Bob Labriola. You want to talk about having all your airs covered there as well, too. There's some, there's some uh, good historians there. Those guys are obviously all in the committee that, that helps select these every single year. So once again, your four uh, members of the Steelers Hall of Honor class of 2022, Ray Matthews, Sam Davis, Heath That's Miller, my dog. And double yoy, Myron Cope. Mozi, I love the, the balance of this class, right? I mean, you've got Ray Matthews, who was, who was from the 50s and, you know, played football in a time where he was playing halfback, he was playing wide receiver all over the place, two-time pro bowler. Um, you know, you heard them say there he finished top 10 in rushing, in rushing yards in the league three times. Then he moved to wide receiver and led the team in receiving, um, you know, back how you used to have to do in the 50s. You know, the team needed you at running back. All right, that's where you were. But then we need you at wide receiver this year, Ray. That's where you were. Love that versatility uh, there from Ray Matthews. Sam Davis, obviously a guard uh, during the 70s, during the Chuck Knoll era. Offensive lineman, 114 starts for Sam Davis and was a team captain for, for the better part of a decade. Of course, a four-time Super Bowl champ in the Steelers' 50th anniversary team. Um, those are the two mozi that were before our time. <laughs> so it's hard yes. for us to talk about, obviously, Ray Matthews and certainly Sam Davis as well, too. We, we know the accomplishments. We know the accolades. Um, and these guys are, you know, uh, while they might not get the same spin as, right. you know, Andy Russell – and, and John Kolb, um, we know that they were very intricate parts to, obviously, in Sam Davis's case, for, for Super Bowl championships. In, in Ray Matthews' case, you know, part of, of, of starting the Steelers franchise and beginning that tradition and that history. No, without a doubt. And those guys deserve their acknowledgement. They deserve this recognition. And I am glad that we are part of a network where we do have the different level of hosts that have, you know, can stretch across these generations. We talk about a guy like uh, Bob Labriola. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that can talk vividly in depth about some of these guys. You hear Billy Hillgrove when he was doing the announcement as well. He can go in depth, and that's the thing that we love about this. But then when you talk about some of the younger guys, and obviously he, when we get to him, this is one of my former teammates. Yeah, we're going to talk so about him. We'll be able to talk about that and address that in a certain manner. So that is the beauty of SNR and the beauty of what the Steelers have done here, man. But guys like Ray Matthews, guys like Sam Davis, they paved the way for guys yeah. like me. Yeah. I mean, I can't be sitting here doing what I do. I can't have the success that I have professionally and a part of this organization if those guys didn't come through and lay that groundwork, lay that foundation, quote-unquote, setting that standard. There you go. When you talk about the standard being the standard, 
these are guys that laid that foreground. These are the guys that came out here before it was glamorous, before we had buzzwords like that, before we had these different ways to identify what it is that makes Steeler Nation special. These are the guys that were putting that down. These are the guys that were laying that foundation, that groundwork. And I'm very appreciative of it. And obviously, when you look at the crowds that are currently out here, oh, the insane. masses, upon masses, upon masses, and the people that are still coming, this is why they do it. Because of guys like Sam Davis, because of guys like Ray Matthews, guys that put their life on the line, gave it everything they had to make sure that the Steelers' name meant something, mm. that it gave you something to take pride in, something that when you walk outside, you could feel good about yourself. Yeah. And when you look at all these people out here, they can all attest to that. And these are some of those guys that gave us that opportunity, man. So I salute them in that re in that regard. And especially for those guys, let's be honest with this too, at a time when it wasn't as glamorous to be a professional athlete or a football player it as it as is now. Either. It wasn't as lucrative yeah. financially. It wasn't as glamorous um, in terms of the attention. I mean, think about it now. You're still having the same occupational hazards as well. Same occupational hazards. Um, but they didn't have – 57 different TV channels that were covering the NFL all the time and, and the presence of social media and the internet and all those These things. These guys are still having to go work another job. Take it. Exactly. In the offseason, they're, they're, they're working the other jobs. Other, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wolf talks about, you know, his first few years in the league, Wolf was, was working as a mover during the yeah. offseason. You know, he would he would help moving companies around Pittsburgh, would hire him when they were moving families into new homes and stuff. Oh. Um, you know, these guys, they're, they're true love of the game guys. Um, and like you said, they, they, there is not a standard um, without these guys who have paved the way. Now, Arthur Motes, speaking of paved the way, I mean, Heath Miller, pretty good blocker, pretty good receiver, really good tight end. I, I think, you know, in my biased opinion, he is the greatest tight end in, in Steelers franchise history. But a two-time Super Bowl champion, decade-long career, was one of the best at his position for pretty much all ten years uh, talk about your teammate Heath Miller, what he meant as a football player and, and as a person in that locker room as well, too. I mean, too. that's the quiet assassin right there. When you talk about what Heath is able to do, you talk about a complete player, a guy that could block, a guy that could run routes, a guy that wasn't afraid to be physical, a guy that could make the combat catches, a guy that aged like the fine wine that we talk about when he wasn't as athletic but still understood body positioning, still understood strong hands and close proximity catches. That was one of the things that I remember vividly in 2014 where obviously – you know, we knew he was longer in the tooth. That was his final season in the league. But you look at the impact he was able to have and the rapport of him and Ben and the thing that would, that would make me mad in training camp going against him was how you could have him blanket coverage. But he understood how to use his body to just create enough separation, enough space, and him and Ben were able to just be on the same page with placement of the ball and things like that and the timing of it. And you could just see how he was able to still continue to be effective. But then I even think about when I was in Buffalo. And obviously we play against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the regular season and in the preseason. And how a young Arthur Motes, when I was feeling really confident about myself, especially <laughs> my coverage abilities, because I was having one of those awesome training camps, right? You know, you have one of the moments and it's like, yo, everything is clicking, right? You're getting interceptions, you're getting PBUs, and now it's time to test it in the game, in the stadium. And the Pittsburgh Steelers happen to come into town. And we happen to have me matched up against Heath Miller. And I'm feeling great. I'm like, yo, this is what I want. This is what, you know, I've been working on all offseason to prove that these are the growth. This is the, the area of my game that has improved drastically. And I'm on top of this route. And I'm feeling great. I'm talking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got this. And then back shoulder me. 20-yard catch. I'm just like, I've, I haven't Ooh. had this happen before. This happen? What, what is this? It's like. Yo, why? Titans don't run back shoulder fades? Like, you're not a wide receiver. Like, what is this? But 
that was the dynamic. That was just how gifted he was in certain cases, in certain instances, where even though it wasn't something that he was known for, he still had that in his wheelhouse. And he was one of those guys that he was going to always be a consistent contributor. He wasn't going to get too high or too low, but he was going to always be a productive player. And even in that moment, him catching that pass, he looks up, nice little smirk, goes right back to the huddle, but that's Heath. And when I got a chance to come here and join him on his team and talk about it with him, and we kind of laugh, and then it's sure, like, damn, sure. this is just an awesome situation to see how you can still have this cool dynamic, how you're always so even kill, regardless of how successful you are, or if we're banging heads against each other, sure. and, you know, in some of these one-on-one drills that we had to do when we became teammates. But either way, it was always an affinity for his professionalism, how he conducted himself, not just on the field, but even as a husband, even as a father, and how he was off the field as well. That was the thing that really just continued to stood out or stand out to me the most about him and why I'm just really, really excited and so happy for him to be receiving this accolade right now. Couple uh, Virginia boys as Absolutely, well too. Absolutely, man. I mean, your yes, fellow, indeed, bro. Your fellow VA uh, brethren that's, that's, that's there now. That's my statesman. Come on, man. That's, my your, fellow that's your fellow statesman, exactly. Yeah, Heath Miller, uh, one of one Colleges of right up the road from each other. Come on, man. One of one of man. those uh, beloved Steelers um, that will always be remembered. That will always have the Heath. Uh, and certainly two times I mean, Super Bowl champion. Think about how iconic a nickname that is. Where we call that, we do that for any other tight yep. end. Mood. It doesn't matter. It's like, yo, we're gonna give you the Heath, all right? Or we might even call you Heath, a la Jesse James. Yep. Hello, hello. Like that's what we do. That's what we do. But that's because that's, of how dominant this yes. guy was, how available this guy was, how productive he was, and for how long. That's the other part people forget. When you talk longevity, 05 to twenty fifteen. That's a long time in this league, the man. The physical style he time. played, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You think about some of the shots you saw him take. You think about some of the shots you saw him deliver. I mean, that's a lot, man. It is. He's, he's not one of these new age finesse tight ends who's barely taking contact Absolutely, out there. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> he, was, he was a different breed for sure. Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, with that, too, is, is we're, you know, between Sam Davis and Heath Miller, all six Super Bowls uh, in the Steelers organization represented in this 2022 class as well. And then last but certainly not least – Double Yoy himself, the creator of the terrible towel, Myron Cope. Motsi, you know, I, I've said this before. I, I think a big part of why I wanted to do this growing up, and I, by this I mean some type of sports broadcasting. You know, there was a time I wanted to do TV. There was a time I wanted to be a play-by-play -play guy. You know, it's evolved a little bit. But I always knew I wanted to do something in sports broadcasting uh, when I grew up. And I've talked before about how I think a big part of that is we have been so spoiled in Pittsburgh, both with the Steelers, certainly, and, and you can bring the Pirates and the Penguins into this as well, too, with iconic, incredible broadcasters. You know, from the Steelers organization of, of Jack Fleming and Myron Cope and Billy Hillgrove and Tunch Yokin and Craig Wolfley, uh, these guys that just for years have done such a great job. You know, on the Penguins side of things, of course, Mike Lang is an absolute legend. On the Pirates side of things, you had Lanny for Terry and a lot of other names that I that I should be mentioning here. Um, but it is it's it's been a town, Pittsburgh, a a sports fan base, a sports town that has been spoiled by their broadcasters without a doubt iconic hall of famers across all three major sports but mozi myron cope i think is i would I, I say arguably but I, I don't know if it is much of an argument I, I think he is the most recognizable one from the voice from the character from the terrible towel i mean he is he's forever ingrained in the culture of pittsburgh yeah i mean when you talk about the terrible towel we know it's iconic or it's hated but either way you have an opinion <laughs> on it um and the reason i say that is because for me 
I have the luxury of being on both sides of this. I didn't grow up a Steelers fan. I didn't grow up with an affinity for the Steelers, the organization, their fan base, the terrible towel, or their media personalities. Mm -hmm. In fact, I despised the towel when I first got uh, introduced to it because that was viewed as a symbol of support for this organization. Sure, sure. And playing in Buffalo, when you're going against a team, you hate everything about that team. Sure. But when you join it and you understand the history behind it, you understand what it can signify and ultimately unify in certain scenarios, uh, the different multitudes of people and bringing them under that Steelers umbrella, you see the significance of it and why it is as significant and why it is as special as it is amongst Steeler Nation and amongst the players as well. We've joked about the Steeler curse and, and the terrible tile curse and things like that, and we know some of the folklore There's surrounding folklore it. There's folklore to back it up for sure. But at the same time, it is just a cool concept that something as simple as a towel could have this type of impact, could have this type it's of significance. traveled around I mean, the world. You think about people that when they are buried, yep, they say, hey, bury me with the terrible towel. Babies are born in Pittsburgh, and they Absolutely. throw terrible towels over them and take the picture in the, in the nursery there. So when you talk about the impact of it, regardless of how you feel, you know, if you like it or not, you cannot deny the impact. You cannot deny the significance for what it means to anybody that identifies as a Steelers fan. Yes, 100%. I mean, just here alone around us right now, there are literally hundreds of terrible towels. Across the way, you have Steelers Nation Unite, you know, which brings out the youth football kids and everything to practices. They're waving flags over there. One of them is a terrible towel flag. Mozi, you go down, you go down a strip. All right, you go down to the strip district, and there's terrible towel doormats. There's terrible towel keychains and T-shirts and, and every beach towels. I mean, you, you go to the beach, you know, you anywhere you go, if it's Virginia Beach, if it's Myrtle Beach, if it's Hilton Head, wherever, the Jersey Shore, you're going to see somebody with a terrible towel, uh, you know, uh, blanket there, uh, beach towel is, is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> um, it, it is certainly iconic. Myron Cope, um, you know, the, the one who started all that. Uh, 34 years as, as a color commentator on the Steelers broadcasts. And I've shared this with you before, too. Like, some of my earliest Steelers memories in life, you know, uh, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, um, you know, when I was 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, um, it would be Sunday. The Steelers would be playing at 1 o'clock. My family would be in church. You know, church would let out a little afternoon. And I would want to get home to watch the games and everything. But my parents would be hobnobbing with all their friends after the church service. And eventually it would get to the point it would be like 12.50. And I'd be like, all right. And I would just grab the keys from my mom or dad. I'd go out and sit in the car and turn it on and listen to Billy Hillgrove and listen to Tunchokin and listen to Myron Cope. Um, he's got the iconic terrible towel. He's got the iconic sayings and phrases. And, yeah, uh, certainly part of, uh, of the culture of, of not just the Steelers, obviously, but, but Pittsburgh itself and uh and the terrible towel will live on forever so those are your four that's your hall of fame uh hall of fame hall of honor pardon me class of 2022 ray matthews sam davis heath miller and myron cope congratulations yes indeed to, yes, uh, indeed. to certainly four well, well deserved, deserved candidates we're going to take our last break of the show before we turn things over to dale lolly and matt williamson they'll have you on the drive from two to five as practice is ongoing uh, when we come back we'll get to some of your tweets and we will wrap up the show here live on the campus of st vincent college it's our ongoing training camp coverage 2022 edition in lay trobe you're listening to the steelers blitz on snr What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Just about 10 minutes away from practice here. Practice number four, the final non-padded practice for your Pittsburgh Steelers on the campus of St. Vincent College in a beautiful La Trobe, Pennsylvania, the Steelers' summer home, and it is a beautiful day today. The sun is shining, the sky is blue, just a little cloud cover, uh, and the Steelers are starting to trickle out here for practice. You'll hear the crowd. Uh, we've got the, the Steelers' drum line on the other side of the field. It is happening. Uh, there is a, uh, a big crowd here today, Motsi, certainly the biggest of camp so far. I mean, you look at the hill to the right of us. I mean, look at there's. There's still good seats available, but it is it is you know it is it is pretty packed out here certainly. Yeah, it's nice and chunky, man. The way that we like it, man. But that's what makes Steeler Nation awesome, baby. You want to see this type of turnout, man. This is what we expected to though. First Saturday practice, we know, man. No more work. You don't have to worry about going to work tomorrow. Yep. So, yep. Get a chance to just enjoy yourself, man. And that's what the people are ready to do, man. But no, this is beautiful, man. Beautiful turnout today. It absolutely is. Uh, like I said, about 10 minutes away from practice. That's when we'll turn things over to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. They'll have the drive from 2 until 5, and then coverage continues after that with a wrap-up show and evening shows and all the good stuff that we've got going on here during training camp every single year. Before we get to practice, as we wrap up this show here, Arthur Motes, um, let's get to the tweets. Let's do it. Does that work let's for you? Let's do it. Steeler Nation 920 tweets us and says, Good afternoon, gentlemen. It what may, they do, what they do. It may not be your guys' favorites, but I love the Saturday show. <laughs> she said I get to listen live. Uh, Steeler Nation says I get to listen live with my daughter uh, on this Saturday, so it's a special treat. Thanks, Ooh, man. Well, let's we, go. Heck well, yeah. Hey, we are. Well, listen, you know, Arthur Motes and I on a Saturday, we'd, we'd rather have our feet up like you guys. But this, you know, hey, this ain't too bad. It, well, beats, remember, it beats working I, I, for a living. You I know? was holding in, so I, I actually was having my feet up, you so did, I was you good. Did, you did get a segment or yeah, two Yeah, but I had to hold in, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 920 tweets and, and wants to know, uh, do you guys think Heinz Ward is a Hall of Honor candidate? He's already in, cousin. 2019. There we go. Yeah, Hines. There's, there's your answer, baby. Hines is in there. There I mean, is your answer. Come on, come on. You can't, uh, you can't have a. Uh, you a can't spell Hall of Honor without Hines. Yeah. I mean, listen, Motsi, You know they've taken away enough of the Hines from us over Come the on, last man. couple of weeks. We always got to have Hines Ward, though. Some type of Hines. Some type of Hines. Uh, Jeff tweets us. And he says he is one of those in Myrtle Beach with his terrible towel right now. That's what I'm talking about. See, that's what I'm talking about. See you guys up at camp in a week or so. It is. I mean, like that's. Listen, there's a lot of things that sports fans say that are hyperbolic and overstated yeah. and, and and exaggerated. There's terrible towels everywhere. 
I mean, they, they're everywhere. They're at the beach. They're in Europe. They're in Asia. They're all across the United States. Uh, they're certainly out here in Latrobe, uh, and that's good from Jeff tuning in from Myrtle Beach, rocking the terrible towel as well. Uh, me tweets us. Who? Me. There he is. Three-pack of questions. Love it. As always. Uh, says Myron alone makes this Stiller's Hall of Honor a great class. Also, just got to say, he love it, love it, love it. Couple questions here from me as well too. Uh, true or false? Pickens will have the most touchdowns on the team at Week Eight of the season. I'm going false. I would say false as well. I mean, I love the excitement and I get it, and I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping that the hype is real and that he will come out here, you know, guns blazing and just dominate from day one. Sure. I just. It's very tough to dominate in this league early on, man. And just in general, the league is tough to do on a week-in and week-out basis. How many guys have we seen come in and have exceptional performances in a game, a regular season game, and then for the rest of the year, it's not the same. So a couple of practices in shirts and shorts, I'm not personally ready to put that type of expectation on, uh, on George just yet. But at the same time, don't be surprised if he could grow into that. And yeah, that's the part right. for me. I just don't want to put that on him today I would say it's more likely if he's going to be in that in that type of conversation that it would be in the back half of the season right. not the front half yeah because you're talking about him starting out like out the gate right and we that's... saw that from Chase Claypool but man that's an exception like that's yeah. very rare well, and even then has it ever been replicated by Chase it Claypool? not it's rare rare like yeah it's, and it's very hard to sustain as well man and that, it absolutely is uh number two from me he wants to know our favorite streaming service. Your favorite streaming service is? Tidal, because I like listening to my music. Oh, now see, that's good by you. I'm thinking television, but you went with the tunes. Uh, they got videos. They got music videos up there, I guess. For, and I think that type of content for those that want to look for that. But I'm just a music guy, man. Listen, there's only one answer here, folks. And I, I like where Arthur Motes went because we, we both do listen to music all the time. But there's only one answer here. Mm -hmm. All right. It's not television. Mm -hmm. It's HBO. HBO Max is the GOAT, all right? I got some love for Netflix. Disney Plus is great. I like Hulu. But, yeah, come on. Spoken it's, like a true person that H has recency bias. It's That's HBO cool. Max. Just think about what you just said, man. You can't even watch The Last Dance on HBO Max. That's all right. I could watch The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. I could watch Game of Thrones. And, and think, how many seasons for both of those? A lot, like eight. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of, that's a lot mm -hmm. of television there, partner. Mm-hmm. HBO, The Goat. All right, The Wire. I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. All those movies that they've got on there. They've got all uh, every – I like how you said all these movies and you only name like a couple handful of things, but we know what Netflix oh, hold is. On. <laughs> hold on. Now. You know what else is on well, HBO because you, Max? you said that Netflix. You took the shot at Netflix. I was like, man, are you no, I HBO like, Max? I, like Netflix. Netflix. I got no beef with Netflix, <laughs> but it's not HBO Max. HBO Max also has every episode of South Park on there as well, too, which you know for me is a uh, yeah. is a big draw. Fair enough, fair enough. Third and final question I teach their own, man. I ain't tripping. Third and final question for me is, if we had to wear one for the rest of our life, what would it be, Skechers or New Balance? New Balance. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, New Listen, Balance. New Balance in the last few years, they've gotten a bit hipper. You no, know? Even OG, uh, the 992s, man, yeah. those are shoes that, man, yeah, they've been a part of the culture, man. Heck, yeah. And they're comfy. They, they are. Listen, I have a pair of gray, you know, basic gray New Balances yeah, comfy, man. Um, that, that I wear from time to time. Like, I, you know, they're my shoes that I'll throw on when, like, I'm walking the dog or when yeah. I'm doing some stuff like that. And, and they're, they're, they're solid shoes for sure. Think of uh, New Balance. Like, I mean, every brand is going to have certain models that you don't like. I mean, we talk about the Air Monarch from Nike. I will never have an Air Monarch on point. my feet. That's a great you point. You know? Yeah. 
and, and when you talk about with uh, with New Balance, they got certain shoes where it's like ah. But they also got you they know do have some they, nice got, they got a couple of them. Now, Skechers, I don't know if I've ever seen a pair of Skechers yeah. and gone, oh, I'd wear those. When I, I don't think Skechers is designed for us it's though. Not. I look at that more of like like the youth. Talk to us in twenty years, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you're, the you're youth right. Or the the youth, the, yeah, yeah we're in the other. middle. We're in the middle range yeah. still. <laughs> we're, we're not in their demographic. <laughs> Uh, Rod Dollar tweet. Uh, Rod Dollar, pardon me, not Dollar. 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 Tweets us, and here's his uh, his dream backfield when this all shakes out. All right, let's hear. Let's hear. Najee. Uh huh. McNichols. Okay. And Jordan Howard. Oh. He said that would be flames. That I definitely would, man. You'd have what two Pro Bowlers in there, two thousand yard backs in the same backfield. That'd be nice. And you have Jeremy uh, Nichols, guy who's had what. Two, 200, 250 uh, receiving yards uh-huh. in a season, man. Yep. So, yeah, that would be a massive upgrade from what we've yes, had in yes. recent years. And I think yeah. it would be a it would be a nice um, – like, there's a there's a complementary skill set with those three. Yeah. Like, like Najee is the clear, unquestioned guy, yeah. but McNichols and Howard would bring um, some, some well-rounded al- elements to, yeah. to that room. I guess my only uh, grievance with that group okay. or my only Talk question with that group is Benny Snell is your special teams guy. Super productive. He gets tackles. Double digits amount of tackle. Like he one of those type of dudes, right? Core four guy. Who's replacing that? I don't think Jordan Howard is a special teamer. I haven't seen a ton of Jeremy McNichols special teams tape just yet, but that would be the question I would have. Just who's that guy? Hmm. You know? Hmm. And even with Anthony McFarlane to an extent, we know when he was healthy, he was our return man for a little while as well. It's just, once again, if you're not Najee, yeah. you got to give me something over here. Yes. And that's the part where you're talking about that RB2, that RB3. I need something from one of y'all. Who going to get who? I don't care who. I just need that productivity, though. That's all. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and we, you know, the the main thing in all of this is is a healthy season from yeah. Najee and then it's not going to be as significant. But right. you're still going to have to well, spell him for, at times. And then for context purposes, think of like when it was El Bell and D'Angelo Williams. Neither one were special teams, but we had a Fitzgerald Toussaint. Yep. He was your teamer. Yep. He was that guy. Yep. And because of the injuries, that's what he ended up having to play in game, but as a whole, we knew that that was going to be his role. Each year we have somebody where that's their dedicated yes. role. Yes. Yes. It just with that three that we had listed right there, even though I love what it could bring from an offensive standpoint. Sure, sure. When we're talking about just the overall roster of how you create it to the best of our abilities and still be impactful, that's one of the other things that comes into play. You think uh, Connor Hayward has a chance to factor into this? Like again, not as a, not as a pure running back, right? But but I'm talking as as that young, cheap special teams guy that they can rely on. That's why you drafted him. Hundred percent. Drafted right? him and saying, "Oh, he's going to give us offense productivity year one." Yeah, no, you're be saying a tight end or, yeah. no, you're saying, "Yo, this is a guy that's going to be able to come in here and compete with one of our core four special teamers." Yes, I need somebody that can push these guys. Somebody that can come in here and play punt, play punt return, play kickoff, play kickoff return. That's what you're hoping for. And then if he gives you anything on offense, great. But you're not thinking about Connor Hayward on offense when you're drafting him. No, no. no you're saying I got a Pat Fryer move. I'm hoping that Zach Gentry continues to progress. You're saying that I got a Kevin Radar or a Kevin Radar, excuse me. But this is the guy that if you're saying, okay, if Kevin Radar's our third guy, all right, could Connor beat him out? Well, let's find out. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that, hey, who's our third or fourth running back? Can Connor potentially beat him out because of what he does on special teams and the position flexibility that he brings? Well, that's what makes him intriguing. But it's hard to just plan for that the whole time. Yeah, without a doubt. Let's go. And it looks like, man, we have a 
Hall of Honor member on the field. Oh, we right do. Now. Listen to the crowd. Hey. Woo! You love to see it. You love to see it, baby. Listen, they got to give the man the microphone and fire up the crowd. It, dude, this is going to be hilarious. Because as he starts to walk down and, and more parts of the crowd see, you can hear Heath coming uh -huh. from the <laughs> from the different parts as they as they start to realize that he's that here. That's, awesome. that's pretty cool. Yeah, Heath and Miller. He still looks good. Heath and Miller is here. He still, still looks look good. good. He's got the he's got the jersey on. He's walking across the field right now to uh, to say hello to his former Let's head coach go. Mike Tomlin. It looks like pretty cool. Heath Miller is here uh, on site as uh, as him and Mike Tomlin embrace you now. You love the, to see it, baby. You love line. to see it. Pretty pretty darn cool. You got Heath Miller on one side of the field here, and you got some uh, some some walkthrough stuff going on on the other side of the field as practice is getting going here underway on uh, the campus of St. Vincent College at Chuck Knoll Field. All the good things happening here on a Saturday, folks. Um, and we've had a lot of fun today. Uh, thanks to Chris Carter for joining us and uh, and everything with the Hall of Fame announcement. Cool, pretty pretty cool, uh, pretty cool day here as we are uh, into the final day of non-padded practices for your Pittsburgh Steelers. But Motsi, that's going to do it for us today. We got to hand things over to the drive mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as practice is getting underway. And you guys don't want to go anywhere because no, you don't do that. nobody has a better vantage point to describe practice and, and, and paint the picture for you than Dale Lolly and Matt Williams are going to have up I mean, here. You talk about how credential those two are on the, two on are the, on the well? deck at Chuck Come Knoll on, Field. Man. I trust their eyes better than my own eyes at times, man. Absolutely. So you know it. Nobody nobody covers Steelers training camp like we do here on SNR. So make sure you're locked in with Dale and Matt as they will have three hours of, uh, of coverage for you coming up right around the corner. Thanks to Chris Carter. Thanks to Zach back at the studio. Yeah, shout for, out to Zach. Zach, man, did a phenomenal for job. For producing man, it us all. Down, baby. Jacob with us here on site. And as always, uh, to the best co-host in the business, Arthur Motes. Ho, 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 who, me? That'll do it for us today. Day off tomorrow. Hey, and, then, hey, hey. and then we'll be back on Monday for the first day of padded practice. And as always, you know where to find us. It'll be at high noon on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.